0: A familiar passage, Jesus is in uh, uh, the last uh, uh, few days before he's going to the cross to, uh, to make a way, as we just sang, um, for, uh, uh, for us to be reunited with him. And so uh, he's continuing his discourse to the uh, disciples. Uh, and what's interesting is the context here is that the disciples are in a uh, weary place. They are distressed, uh, troubled. Uh, at the end of chapter 13, we see uh, Jesus essentially tell them, these guys that have been following him for three years to this point, hey, uh, I'm leaving and you can't go uh, where I'm going. You can't come where I'm going. Uh, and then he says that Peter, right, uh, perhaps one of his most zealous disciples in the midst of the rest of them, he tells him, hey man, you're going to deny me a couple of times here in a few days. Right. Some alarming news, some distressing news uh, where the disciples, man, what they hear and where they find themselves. But we see in the midst of that. Right. Jesus speak to that. uh, Encourage them. Uh, And that's the backdrop of John chapter 14. And so if you're there, let me know that you're there by saying there. We're going to read verses one through 14 together. If you don't have a word with you, it's all good. The verses will be on the screen. And you can follow along there. This is what the word of the Lord says. John chapter 14. Jesus talking here. He says this. Hey, let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. Both statements there are in the imperative mood uh, in the original language, which means it's a command. Jesus is commanding his disciples. Hey, don't be troubled. Hey, choose to believe in God and also in me. We'll talk more about that in a second. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going and Thomas said to him Lord we, we do not know where you're going man how, how can we know the way and Jesus said to him I am sixth I am statement right in the book of John here I am the way the truth and the life no one comes to the father except through me if you had known me you would have known my father also from now on You do know him and have seen him. And Philip said to him, Lord, hey, show us the father. And it is enough for us. And Jesus said to him, have I been with you so long and you still do not know me, Philip? Whoever has seen me has seen the father. How can you say, show us the father? Do you not believe that I am in the father and the father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but The Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or else believe on account of the works themselves. And then verse 12. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father. Whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Jesus here shares words of encouragement to the disciples in the midst of their distress. And really to sum up what he shares here is a good word, obviously for the disciples in context here, but also a good word for us. Hey, do not be troubled. Do not be troubled. And conveniently enough, that's what I entitled the sermon today. Hey, don't be troubled. Hey, some of you are in some distressing times right now. Some of you are in some troubling times right now. But the good news is, hey, even though, man, you may be in troubling times, your heart doesn't have to stay troubled. Do not be troubled. Why don't we pray together? Lord God, we love you. We thank you for your word. Lord, we pray that, God, you would speak to us today. Speak to us. God, we ask that you are glorified, Lord, that you're, that through your word you'd be high and lifted up. Lord, and God, we ask that you meet us where we are today, Lord. I pray that you bring encouragement today. In the midst of, God, the struggle. And God, we'll give you the glory for it all, Lord. We love you. We thank you. And we ask these things all in your gracious and heavenly name. Amen. 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 Hey, do not be troubled. Hey, honestly, church, I want to encourage you today. This passage of scripture here is, is an encouragement to us. It ought to serve as an encouragement to us. The fact that Jesus, right in the midst of his disciples' distress, is near to them and chooses to encourage them, right, with words pertaining to where he's going, pertaining to what's going to happen next. And for them there who believe in him, what's going to happen to them in the future? Man, we ought to be encouraged, even in the midst of the troubled times, right, that you may find yourself in, even in the midst of the grief and distress. Hey, choose to not let your heart stay troubled. Hey, do not be troubled. Do not be troubled. What does it look like? How can we be fellow uh, believers, followers of Christ, right, that, that live a life, right, that isn't... Uh, In a state of, man, constantly uh, uh, being uh, in trouble, if you will, right? How do we live a life, right, that doesn't allow for the trouble in our life, man, to dictate, man, our heart, to allow for our hearts to be troubled and us to lose faith? How do we do that? Well, I'm glad you asked. Four ways that we see here in the scripture in John chapter 14 on how we choose to do the four trusts, if you will, uh, that we see. Now uh, here, the first trust is this, right? Hey, we've got to choose to trust in the person. The person, man, capital P, person. Jesus gives the command here, hey, don't let your heart be troubled. Hey, believe in God and also believe in me. What Jesus is saying here is this, hey, choose to trust in God the Father, here it is, the first person of the Trinity, and choose to believe in God the Son, the second person of the Trinity. The the believe, or that word believe in the original co- context, right? In the original language. It, it's in the active tense. And so it's not just this one time or for the first time believe, although that's, you know, important, right? Hey, you know, if you don't want your heart to be troubled, hey, choose to place your faith and trust in Christ, believe in him. But he's talking to the disciples who know the Lord and love him. It's this constant state of continuing to believe in him, to Trust in Him. And that's what He's sharing with us here. Hey, continue to. Man, trust in God the Father. Continue to trust in the Son. Continue to trust in Him. Why? Hey, because what? They have never let us down before. Never let us down. We could all give testimony to the fact that, man, they have never let us down, man. When troubled water has come upon your life. Right? He's never let you down before. So, hey, why would he choose to do that now? Choose to trust in him. And by the way, we do that, right, by choosing to look up. Psalm 121, 1 and 2 says, hey, I, I lift my eyes up to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from where? The Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. Man, hey, choose to look up, man. Trust in him because he's yet to let us down, man. Why can we trust him? Why couldn't the disciples trust him up to that point? Why can we trust him? In the now as well, right? Because, hey, his track record's pretty good. You know that, don't you? Oh, come on now. You know that. The the disciples understood that when Jesus said that. Go back to John chapter 2, man. Jesus' first works, man, in ministry. Remember when Jesus, man, was at that wedding? There was an issue. There wasn't enough wine there. And Jesus, man, just said the word. And that water turned into wine real fast. Disciples saw that. Hey, they saw, man, in John chapter 5, whenever that man had been crippled, For almost 40 years. Man saw that. And Jesus went over there, man, and healed him. And he was able to walk again. Hey, the disciples, man, they they saw Jesus when he was on the boat. Man, they were were in the midst of stormy seas, man. Hey, looked like they were getting ready to die. And Jesus was asleep in the boat. They had to wake him up. Man, because Jesus was so in control, man. He took a nap. Brother Christian, he was taking a nap. They woke him up and Jesus said, hey, peace be still. And the storms stopped. They saw that. They understood that. They saw that his track record was good. Man, they saw when their friend Lazarus passed away, Jesus raised him from the dead four days later. Man, hey, we can trust in the person because his track record is pretty good, man. We can trust in Jesus because his record is impeccable whenever it comes to coming through. We can trust in Jesus because He's able to meet us where we are. Isaiah 26.4. Here's a verse. Verse that I've clinged to really within the last couple weeks. Because just full disclosure, man, these last few weeks have been tough for me personally. This is a word I needed, church. Isaiah 26.4, man, in the midst of, hey, the desolation that was coming. Hey, in the midst of the judgment that was coming. Look at what Isaiah tells the people of Israel, hey, trust in the Lord forever. Forever. For the Lord God is an everlasting rock. And trust in the person. Let me sum it up with this. Hey, listen. When you're down and out, church, choose to trust in the one that's never going to let you down. I'll say it one more time to this side, man. This side Mr. Hey, hey. When you when you're down and out, Hey, choose to trust in the one that'll never let you down. He'll never let you down. Trust in the person. And that's how we keep from allowing our hearts to be troubled, man. Trust in the person. Secondly, hey, church, how do we keep from allowing our hearts to stay troubled? Hey, not just trust in the person. Hey, trust in his promise. Trust in his promise. Go back to the text, verses 3 and 4. Or st- we'll start in verse, uh, verse 2. Jesus, right, after he says, hey, believe in me, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and take you to myself, that where I am, you will be going. Hey, how do we keep from allowing our hearts to stay troubled? Hey, believe in the promises of God, man, trust in his promises. Jesus gives a clear promise here to the disciples that, hey, he is going to prepare a place for them. Where's that place? Heaven. It's heaven. And by the way, let me go ahead and, and, and say this, right? Uh, whenever we uh, learned about heaven as kids, if you grew up in church, man, you learned about heaven, man, you're going to have your own mansion, right? It's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of them mansions that, you know, would have been on MTV Cribs. Remember that old show back in the day? You know, pimped out mansion, right? But here in, in the text of Scripture, it doesn't say we're going to have our own mansion. We're going to have a, a room, right? in the house let me just go ahead and clear that up you know some of you guys that might have had that thought you have a big house hey it's all good uh if you have a room at the end of the day by the way i'll go ahead and say this i'd rather have a room just a room in heaven than a whole mansion in hell amen Mercy. hey just being real right. we're gonna have a room uh, there but we see jesus give this promise of heaven and the call for us man is to trust in that uh, promise if you're saved in here, right? The promise is where you're going is heaven. Let me give some some more facts pertaining to heaven uh, this morning for us to know and understand, right? Facts about heaven. Heaven is a real place. It's a real place. Whenever we die, we we are we don't go to soul sleep. We don't chill in purgatory for a while. Bible says, man, To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. We're going to be, hey, in His presence. If you're saved, you're going to be in His presence in heaven. Heaven is a real place for His saints and His angels. Hey, second truth, man, this is good this morning. Hey, heaven, man, is a place that's absent from calamity. Hey, heaven is a place where there's not going to be any more sickness and death. Hey, there's not going to be any more, man, evil. And we're going to be whole there. It's a place absent from calamity. No more premature death. Hey, 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 no more senseless killings. No more cancer. Man, it's going to be a place absent from calamity. Third truth. Hey, if you're saved, right, you will have a place there. Like I said, heaven is a place for the Lord's saints. Saints. His angels are there as well, but it's a place for his saints. You're there if you're saved. If you're not saved, the Bible says you go to a real place called hell where you're forever separated from him, a horrible place. But if we're saved, man, hey, we're going to heaven. And then lastly, right, the last truth about heaven, hey, the real joy, man, of the experience in heaven is that we are reunited face-to-face with our maker. Hey, the real joy about heaven isn't how you know, awesome our room's going to be. Or the streets of gold. Although those things are cool, man, hey, the real joy about heaven is that we're going to be face to face with the one who made us, who saved us. And we're going to be worshiping at his feet forever. Reunited, hey, with, with uh, folks that have since passed on right before us. Worshiping, man. Folks of all races, all nations, all tongues. Worshiping. Yeah. Man, that's the real joy of heaven so in light of that hey because of where we're going as believers hey man trust in him don't let your heart be troubled man trust in his promise man about heaven man rest in his promises man promise of heaven man but also we've got to choose to rest in uh the other promises that we see in the scripture man the promise to give us rest for our weary soul matthew 11:28. hey jesus himself said this hey come to me man all who are weary and i'll give you rest Hey, the promise of peace in the midst of the anxiety in our life. Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Hey, don't let anxiety rule. But hey, choose and to take everything. Prayer and supplication to the Lord, man. And the peace that surpasses all understanding man, will come upon you. Trust in the God that's able to give you comfort, man, whenever you run to Him. 2 Corinthians 1, 4, He's the God of all comfort who comforts us in our affliction. So we can comfort others who are afflicted. Choose to trust in his promises. Second Corinthians one twenty. For all the promises of God find their yes in him. That is why it is through him that we utter our amen to God for his glory. Hey, can I go ahead and give it to you in Irvin Wassel translation? Hey, every promise of God that we see in Scripture, you can take it to the bank. Because, man, hey, come true. Man, hey, choose to trust in his promise. Hey, trust in the person. Trust in the promise. But thirdly, hey, choose to trust in his provision. Trust in his provision. Man, he shares about uh, this reality of heaven, where he's going, man, preparing a room right for them. Shares about how he's heading there. And then Philip, man, hey, that, that old disciple, Phil, we talked about him. He's the dude, man, that always has questions. And he's the guy that's willing to speak up, you know, unlike some of the other disciples that were there. Some of those other disciples, man, they wanted to look holy, Brother Demetrius, you know, and say, hey, they might have had a whole bunch of questions. But, man, Philip was the dude that wasn't afraid to to, to ask him. Said, Jesus, man, hey, show us the way, is what Philip said. And then Jesus makes this statement. Hey, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We see Jesus answer the question, which, by the way, I'm glad that he still answers our questions. Man. questions like He may not answer it the way that we want him to, but man, hey, he, he answers us with his presence at times. And we see that he answers the question of where is the way by saying to himself that he is the way. What Jesus is saying here is this, hey, I'm providing myself as the way and to get to the father. I remember when I was in seminary and had a, in New Orleans and had a good buddy of mine getting married, uh, and, uh, he met a, a girl who was from Miami. They had the wedding in Miami. And so me and a couple of buddies who were in the wedding, we decided, man, hey, we're, we're going to road trip it, man. We're going to, you know, uh, bro trip our way down there. We figured, man, we have enough money to, uh, you know, rent a car, go in together, rent a car instead of buying flights uh, and head down there ourselves. So we decided to roll, uh, we, seamless as we got into Florida uh, and then if you haven't driven through Florida especially as you get down to South Florida we learned that there are a whole bunch of toll roads everywhere basically the further hey the further south you get man the more toll roads there are and hey, if you don't know me man hey at that time seminary man I was a broke grad student plus to add on the fact man I I was cheap and so I wasn't trying to pay for no toll road so I pulled hey I pulled up the apple maps and, you know, check that, hey, you know, uh, uh, remove you know, or avoid tolls, right, is an option that you can click on there. So clicked on that and began following the instructions. Man told us, hey, we had 10 hours left, man. And so we're, you know, turning, going through these back roads, rolling around, looking at the map, still said we had 10 hours. I'm thinking, man, we've been driving 45 minutes. It seems like time is being added to what's going on here. They said, man, we ain't going to pay for no toll road, man. We're going to keep rolling. So kept driving, kept rolling through, right? Time didn't decrease. True story. We added, we were at, at that point, we added four or five hours, man, to the trip. And I remember at that point in time, I said, you know what, guys, listen, man. It seems like the toll road, man, is the only way to get to where we need to get to. And so, hey, we sucked it up, Brother Ben, and we paid that whole $20 toll road fee, you know, which I thought was, I mean, a ton back then. And we got on tour and got there, man, it, it, perfect time, perfect time. Hey, you, you know where I'm going, but I'm going to go there anyway, right? Hey, there's a lot of folks, man, that believe, hey, they, there are several other ways uh, to, to get to God. Hey, there are religions that believe, hey, it's through, man, believing in a dude named Muhammad. Hey, if you believe in him, man, hey, he, he's the way to God. Hey, there, there is a religion that says, hey, if you believe in uh, uh, a guy named Buddha, man, you can get to God. Let me, let me bring it to, you know, the little Western here. A lot of folks believe that, hey, it's, it's if you're a good enough person, if you attend church more enough, if you're if you're good enough morally, man, hey, you, you'll get to God one day. The, the reality is that that's not true. Hey, there's only one way, one way. And his name is Jesus Christ. He is the way. That's what he declared here. He's the way. And, and, and him saying that he's the way, the truth, and the life, by the way, right, the truth and the life, he's answering the question, right, by saying that he's the way, and he's sharing about why he's the way and saying that he's the truth and the life. Jesus Christ is the way because he is truth. He's the source of all truth. He came proclaiming the truth of God, sent from God to proclaim the truth of God. He is the way because he is life. In him was life, and, the, and life was the light of all men. John 1, 4 tells us that. Right, he declares in his statement that he is the way. Hey, there is no other way to God except through Jesus Christ. Maybe you're in here today and, man, you think because you're a good enough person, man, you're trying this whole church thing, but, hey, you're, you're going to get to God one day. Hey, ca- can I lovingly share with you that that's, that's not the way Jesus is. Choosing to surrender your heart and life to him is. Surrender your heart and life to him is. Need some biblical proof? Acts 4.12, 4.11 and 12 says it like that. Peter, before the Jerusalem council, right? He's given defense for what happened the chapter before whenever through the power of Jesus, man, they healed a beggar that was unable to walk, right? The Jerusalem council, and they're mad talking about, hey, man, this dude coming in the name of Jesus to do these things. What's going on? Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, shares this reality. says this, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And here it is. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Man, it's only in the name of Jesus. Man, Jesus is the way. Hey, by the way, uh, church folks in here, he, yeah, he was the way to our salvation. Right, but that doesn't mean he stops being the way hey, he was the way to eternal life, but that doesn't mean that he stops being the way. Right? For us in Christ, because he's the way, we've got to choose to put him first. Put him first. And choose to understand the reality that, hey, Jesus first, right? Hey, here, is the way to a better marriage. Hey, Jesus first, hey, is a way to being a better parent to your children. Hey, Jesus first is a way to being a better co-worker, Man. A co-worker that honors the Lord. Hey, I'll just keep it in plain terms. Hey, being putting Jesus first, man, is a way to be just a better individual because, man, it's through his power that we're able to walk this Christian life out. Some of you guys that are struggling, with, man, with being a jerk, can not just be honest with you? Hey, choose to put Jesus first, man. He, he, he transforms you, transforms you. On our own, man, hey, we, we can't be better, man. It's through choosing to put him first. man. Jesus first, man, is the way. He's the way. And we got to choose, man, to trust in his provision. The fact that he provided himself to allow for us to walk in him. Hey, Jesus is the way. I can't say it enough. He's the way. We've got to choose to trust in his provision. And then fourthly and lastly, and then I'm done here. Man, how do we keep from allowing our hearts to be troubled? Yes, it's trusting in the person. It's trusting in man, his promise to us. It's trusting in his provision. But lastly, hey, it's trusting in his power. His power. Jesus... Shares that he is the way. And then you see Philip here and verses eight through 11 share, uh, hey, Lord, just say, hey, just show us the Father, man, at the end of the day. We'll be good, man. Talk about me, you know, you talk about the Father, just show us the Father. And Jesus himself says, hey, man, don't, don't you know at this point, man, me, me and the Father are one. He says, hey, you, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you know me, you know the Father. Hebrews 1.3 says it like this, that Jesus is the exact representation. He was the exact representation of the nature of God. And then we see Jesus continue on in verses 12 through 14, man, talking about his power. I'll read it one more time. Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever believes in me will also do the works that I do. And greater works than these will he do, because I am going to the Father whatever you ask in my name this i will do that the father may be glorified in the son if you ask me anything in my name i will do it man don't be troubled man because man of the power of god at work hey we got to choose to trust in his power what does that look like real quick and i'm through man trusting his power looks like this hey allowing him to use you allowing him to use you the first statement there in verse 12 he says hey and whoever believes in me, whoever has faith in me, man, hey, they're going to be able to do greater works than these. Now, hold up. I know when you see that, right, you, you may have a misunderstanding of what that text is saying. Is, is Jesus saying that, man, hey, we're going to be doing greater stuff than Jesus? That dude literally rose people from the dead. That dude literally turned water into what? water. We're going to do greater stuff than him? <clears throat> well, no, not, not necessarily. Hey, uh, what Jesus is saying here is this. Whenever you come to know him, you don't turn into some kind of superhuman. Right? You turned into a transformed human. Your life's changed. You're different. But but what he's saying here, I love how one commentator says it. It's not necessarily, hey, the, the greater They're in speaking to necessarily uh, superior works. What it's speaking to is greater, right, uh, in uh, essentially uh, uh, extent, if you will. Greater and extent. It, it, let, let me put it to you like, this year, think about it. Jesus in his ministry while he was on earth, he ministered primarily to just Jewish folks. Obviously, we see a couple of times where he ministers to, to Gentiles there, but he ministers primarily to the Jewish folks. We see whenever man, he dies, goes to the cross, raises from the dead, ascends into heaven. Right. The Holy Spirit comes in Acts one. We see that man, the first century disciples, they, they take the message of the gospel globally. The message gets out globally. So we see a greater impact geographically. The message of the gospel, man, it it, it gets to the world, essentially. But not only that, man, we we see the work of the Lord being done greater in terms of uh, ethnically. Right? We we see all folks reached. We, We see Philip, man, reach out to an Ethiopian eunuch, an African man. We see the gospel go to Asia Minor and churches started there. It goes just beyond, man, hey, the Jewish uh, race. But, it man, it goes to all folks. Hey, w- we see the works, man, done uh, in, in a greater uh, nature numerically. Right? Obviously, Jesus, man, he saw folks, man, saved, healed. But, man, Peter preached one message to the power of the Holy Spirit, and 3,000 folks came to faith. Man, you see the works done greater there, and then ultimately we see it done greater spiritually. And folks growing and maturing in him. Man, the greater things that he's talking about there, right, is not us in our own power doing these things. Jesus did these things whenever he was here on earth in his power. Then whenever he went up to heaven, right, he gave us his spirit to allow for his spirit to work and move through us, man, to do his work. And so the greater things, right, is, the concept of a countercultural life. Though it is miracles, man, it goes beyond that, man. It's it's living this countercultural life for him. Greater things, right? Include, man, being able to push back against culture and stand for the Lord even though, man, hey, culture is preaching something. Is looking down on us for standing against it. Man, the greater things, man, is being able to be like Job. It's able to say, blessed be the name of the Lord, man, even when we get that bad diagnosis or or get that bad news about what's going on in our life. Man, the greater things, man, is being able to, by the strength of the Lord, man, to sing, man, even though we don't feel like it, choose to worship Him anyway. Even though our life circumstance may preach otherwise. And all that happens whenever we allow for Him to use us. Use us, and by the way, greater things is man shape being able to step in and share the gospel with your kids and that neighbor and that friend, man. Greater things, greater things. Let him use you. It's what it looks like to trust in his power. And then, secondly, and lastly, what it looks like to trust in his power is to choose to lean into prayer. Lean into prayer. He says, "Hey, whatever you ask in my name, hey, I will." Answer. I'll do it. Now, some may think that, oh, that means that Jesus's name, man. Hey, it's some magic form. If you say the name of Jesus, man, hey, I pray for that new, man, hundred thousand dollar car. Hey, if I say Jesus' name, it's going to magically pop up and appear to me. You know, hey, if, hey, if I pray, man, to for God to win the lottery, if I say the name of Jesus, man, hey, I'm going to do it. No, 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 that's not what it's saying here. Jesus' name is not just some mere incantation that we recite, and he just, uh, like a genie, man, grants us all of our wishes. What it's saying here, it's what it's speaking to is, man, hey, the will of God. Anything that's prayed in accordance to his will, he will answer. You may ask, what is his will? Hey, anything that brings him glory at the end of the day. Anything that brings him glory. And that we see in the truth of his word, man, that that we know that brings him glory. We pray and ask for him to bring. I love this quote from Hudson Taylor on prayer here. says this, I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked him if I might help him. Finally, I ended up asking him to do his work in me and through me. If he would be so pleased. This posture of prayer. Hey, it's not just asking God to give us whatever we want. And prayer is understanding that we've got nothing. We can do nothing. And choosing right as one who is needy and hopeless with the right posture, man, run to him. And then ask for him to be glorified in and through our life. And ask for him to move in our life, man. Hey, lean into prayer. Prayer is the work. There is power in prayer. It's the end of the day, man. So, hey, what does your prayer life look like? Hey, some of you hadn't grown any in your walk with Jesus because, man, you're not first going to him in prayer. Not abiding in him. Which Spoiler, we'll talk about that next week. Abiding in him. Not abiding in him. And what's your prayer life look like? And we've got to choose to lean into prayer. Hey, do not let your heart be troubled. In 1871, a man by the name of Horatio Spafford, a successful attorney and a real estate investor, lost basically everything in the great Chicago fire of the 19th century. And he decided, man, whew, Times are tough. Man, we need to just get away for a little while. And so he decided to go on a little vacation across the pond to Great Britain. And so he put his four kids and his wife on a boat to sail for Great Britain. Several weeks later, he got a note from his wife that said, Boat crash, only survival. The boat crashed in the sea there, and he lost his four kids in that moment. And so he decided to obviously sail down there to be with his grieving wife. And as he sailed across the Atlantic, the guy that was running the boat came up to him and said, hey, right around this area was where the crash took place and where we believe that you lost your daughters. And it said at that point that Horatio Spafford came up with the first lines of that famous hymn that we all know well. When peace like a river attendeth my way, when sorrow like sea billows roll, whatever my life, thou hast taught me to say, it is well. It is well with my soul. In the midst of losing everything, Brother Rod, he lost everything. Lost everything. Man, he was able, man, to pen perhaps one of the greatest hymns, greatest known hymns of this time from his heart. Why? Man, because he chose not to allow for his heart to stay troubled. Yes, he was grieving. Yes, he was in a mess. But hey, he, he chose to trust in the everlasting rock. He chose to lean on the everlasting arms. And he chose to allow for his faith to continue to let him keep going. Hey, so my encouragement to you, church, is hey, don't, don't let your heart stay troubled. You may be in a mess. Hey, don't let your hearts be troubled. Hey, believe in God and also believe in me. Hey, he's never let you down to this point. Choose to lean on him.